We turn now to the prophets. We prayed in our colic this morning that we would, God would give us the grace and the ability and the foresight to always heed the words of the prophets. Now, prophets in their own time often are disregarded, thought of as uh, insane, outliers. But in looking back, oftentimes when we see that the prophecy has been fulfilled, we then come to regard them with a little bit more respect. John the Baptist is one who didn't really fit into that pattern at all. He was born six months before Christ. So we celebrate his birthday in the spring. We know this from the story of the visitation where Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth and scripture says that she was in the sixth month month of her own pregnancy. So we, we know that there's a special relationship, familial relationship between John and Jesus despite the sort of uh, cosmic uh, spiritual relationship. And in art, you often see uh, depictions of Mary, uh, I like to say babysitting John the Baptist and having a play date with Jesus. And you can see one right here in our own church. If you go into the transept there and sort of turn around, um, John is oftentimes seen, even as a toddler, wearing his signature camel hair, uh, camel hair, uh, I don't know what you would call it, frock, and uh, he oftentimes has a little tiny staff in the shape of a cross. He's usually seen as just a little bit more mature than than the Christ child, since he was a few months older, and oftentimes is pointing to him. Because this is John's legacy, really. He is the forerunner of Christ. Now, Instead of our usual reading of a psalm today, we did something a little bit different in, in that we read the Song of Zechariah. Now, this can be found in your prayer books if you look in the morning prayer section. There are numerous canticles. There's the Song of Moses, the Song of Hannah, the Song of the Three Young Men, the Song of Simeon, the Song of Zechariah, and perhaps most famously, the Song of Mary, the Magnificat. These songs or canticles come out of a specific uh, tradition and a specific culture. These people were familiar with the songs of David, the Psalter, and this type of Hebrew poetry, which is really what it is. And so uh, they were able to come up with their own uh, versions outside of the Psalter, but which uh, certainly are good companions with that type of, of literature or poetry, if you will. And so Zechariah uh, is in this tradition of biblical characters who have something uh, astounding happen to them, and then they have this great utterance that we uh, have been uh, proclaiming to this very day. Now, that's not to say that someone was right there taking notes as Zechariah sang his song or as Mary sang her song to Elizabeth, but the point is that we have these great expressions of, of joy and of, uh, of an understanding of God's love and power that is meant to be shared with others. And so in the case of Zechariah, it is when his son John is born. Now his birth is uh, interesting as well because 
Remember, Elizabeth was an older woman, and it was said that she was long past her childbearing years. But nevertheless, she became with child. She gave birth to John. And when he was born, people wanted to know what his name was. And she said, his name is John. Now, I don't know if the tradition was that the father would name the child at that point in time, but everybody went over to Zechariah's. Uh, to um, Zechariah and said, what's his name? And he had been silent up to this point, and he didn't say anything. He wrote some, on some tablet or something, his name is John. And so that is how John the Baptist got his name. And with that, Scripture says that the Spirit of God came upon him, and the infant child began to speak and praise God. So from his very birth, John the Baptist was sort of marked as one of God's, uh, God's prophets. And we regard him in the Christian tradition as sort of the last in the line of that great tradition of Old Covenant prophets. We can see throughout the, the Hebrew scriptures the stories of these various prophets opening God's uh, will and word to, to, to the people to varying degrees of success. And Isaiah, I think, is probably the most famous of the prophets, because he most clearly foretells the coming of Christ, and not only the coming of Christ, but the coming of John the Baptist before Christ. And so in today's gospel reading, it's really more of an introduction to John the Baptist. We don't hear really from him. We will next week. But uh, what I'd like to point out is that the first half, this is a three, a six-verse reading of scripture. The first half of this is setting the time. And this is important in biblical literature because uh, think about just random Bible stories that come to your mind. They might start out with, in those days or at that time. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, people aren't named. They'll say, a certain man or a woman was at the well when Jesus came by. So when people are given specific names and specific dates, it's really, they're really trying to tell us something here. And so we have this really vast sort of uh, expounding of exactly what time it is. The 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius. Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Herod was ruler of Galilee, etc., etc. And this is, this is to mirror uh, the proclamation of, of Christmas. Now, the proclamation of Christmas is something that came around liturgically that the church has, uh, has sort of invented. It's not necessarily scriptural, but it tells us exactly what time it is, and it's much more expansive. You, you will hear it on Christmas Eve if you're here for the later service. It starts with the, the beginning of time. You can't get more broad than that, and, and focuses down and down and down and down and down to that one night in Bethlehem, because it's, it's a way, in terms of, of scripture and theology, for us to set our minds, first off, on the, the eternity of God, which really is impossible for us to fathom, but we do our best, and to see how eternity and timelessness came into time and space at one particular special time chosen by God. 
And so the same is true uh, to a lesser degree with John. We hear this, uh, long, uh, this long account of exactly who was in place and where and when, when this happened. And again, uh, we don't even hear from John yet in this part. We hear uh, the, the prophet Isaiah is the one who is referenced, talking about the one who is crying in the wilderness, saying, prepare the way of the Lord. And so, again, this might seem to the outside world to be uh, an, unusual, an unusual way to sort of wind up to Christmas. Last week, we, talked, we heard Jesus talking about signs and the sun and the moon and the end of times. Here we have the introduction of John the Baptist. Next week, we'll hear the words of John the Baptist. And it's not until the fourth Sunday of Advent that we have anything to do with the Holy Family. But this is because, as I said, that uh, Advent is not just a countdown to Christmas. It's a time of spiritual preparation in which we look at various aspects of our lives and various aspects of our relationship with God and with one another. And so in this case, in this light of, uh, of the prophets, we are called to always keep our eyes and ears open. Remember Jesus said last week to remain alert at all times. Well, one of the things to remain alert for is his word spoken by the prophets. And while the, the great prophets with the capital P are in you know, times long past, God's word still does break through. Uh, God still uses people like you and me to come out of eternity into our time and to help us to know his will, to help us to know that he still loves us, to help us to know that he is in no way finished with us. So let us pray as we, as we begin, as we continue our preparation for Christmas, that we will always listen for that voice of God, no matter where it comes from, whether it comes from a prophet or whether it is uh, in our hearts and minds, that little voice that we hear in the silence, that we can always listen for that voice and attune our ear to the will of God, that we may rightly and meetly uh, encounter Jesus and see him face to face, not only at Christmas time, but throughout the year and then finally in eternity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.